Welcome to 22 Motivational Minutes with Marlo, where I help passionate entrepreneurs condense an hour of business research into 22 minutes of powerful conversations filled with knowledge, stories, and advice to help you achieve your one-year goal in 90 days. From national stages to your earbuds, I'm here to tell you that it's possible to have a profitable and sustainable business without the fear of overwhelm and uncertainty that comes with being an entrepreneur. It's all mojo and none of the fluff. It's time to get motivated in 22 minutes. All right, welcome back to this week's episode of 22 Motivational Minutes with Marlo. And this is our brand performance podcast. Now, today our performance conversation is with our really good friend, Jason Black. You know, Jason and I have had the wonderful opportunity to get to know each other. And the things that I have learned about Jason is, you know, he's multidimensional. And you're going to really best understand that as you listen and unpack this episode today on our podcast. So Jason, I want to thank you and welcome to this podcast. It is my honor and pleasure, Miss Marlowe. I'm excited to be here and hopefully we can make a difference for a lot of folks today. Oh, we're definitely going to make a difference. That's not a question. <laughs> so give us a little bit of your backstory, Jason. I mean, you have been through quite a few of life circumstances. So I'm not going to just kind of pick one. I'm going to let you take that and drive the direction to inspire us today by telling us a little bit about your backstory. Well, again, there's a thousand directions any of our lives could be explained from, right? But one of the most differentiating factors from my life has been the certain death instances that God has seen me through miraculously been covered on ABC, TLC, Discovery Channel, CBS, Inside Edition, LA Times, blah, 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 blah. So there are a lot of different pieces that go into that. As far as my story, I was originally going to try and fight my way back from my family going bankrupt early in my life. Decided I was going to be rich. Didn't really matter. Uh, I didn't have a lot of detail on that other than I was just going to be on Wall Street and whatever it is they did there where people get rich. So I had a portfolio that made money at 11, was reading things like Art of the Deal, Who Moved My Cheese, What Colors Your Parachute, How to Dress for Success, all that jazz. Really pretty geeky for a 10-year-old, but it was an ends to a means so that my I never had to go through what my family went through as the eldest of eight kids having to drive... 2,000 miles in a silver Dodge truck, just essentially taking a whole household away from leaving keys on the counter because my parents couldn't afford to keep the house. And that was the closest job they could find was in California, all the way from Colorado. So I decided that was never going to happen again. I had what I thought was a set path. I was going to go be rich and make sure that never happened to my family once I had one. So many stories begin and some end. There was this girl. And so then I was an opera singer. Does that seem like a perfectly normal (laughs) way to many of us? No, but to most guys, it makes some sense. Ended up being a professional opera singer on multiple continents before I even graduated studying to do that. I just kind of fell into it and it was working fine. Therefore, I was getting to equally useless degrees at that point, vocal performance and theater. Everything seemed fine. Everything was fine until uh, I was coming home from doing a show in Livermore, driving back into San Jose in the Bay Area when, uh, let's just say I was doing college speed and 
in that area, the freeway is called 680. It's very windy. There's no lights. There's uh, no moon that night, no stars. And so it's pitch black. And somebody decided they would leave their Dodge Ram truck parked in the fast lane with no lights on. I found it. There were people. So I had to swerve very quickly. I swerved left. There were people still standing in the island. Didn't feel like killing anybody that night. So I swerved back right, which left my front bumper looking pretty good. My girlfriend, not too shabby, but it left the truck the engine and my lap all fighting for the same spot, collapsed my femur into itself like a telescope, broke every bone in my left leg, my left arm, took 20 minutes with the jaws of life to cut me out, had to operate on me standing up so that they could rebuild my leg long enough that I wouldn't be lopsided for the rest of my life. That was actually the small amount of damage. The main problem was the impact to my brain was so substantial that it essentially reduced me to the mental capacity of a two-year-old. I awoke with a Bronx accent, had to be reintroduced to my family every time I came to, tried to escape the hospital, you know, hallucinatory, all kinds of good things. The closest approximation that could come to the damage was a stroke. So I went from performing internationally, professionally in one moment to surrounded by octogenarians to be forgotten about in a stroke patient home in the next. Thankfully, God restored my brain, such as it is. My wife might argue how much that ever got better. Suckered her, meaning the girlfriend who was with me through all of that, into marrying me. Graduated, married her, moved down to Los Angeles to pursue the dream now that I was able to perform again. I'm doing, at that point, commercials, movies, television shows. I'm on the stage at LA Opera, Orange County Opera. Again, doing fairly well, making a living as a performer. I was doing well enough as a performer. My wife decided this was definitely the time we needed to buy a new house. So I'm moving out of the town home that we owned into a new LA size mortgage uh, house. And the last thing that had to get moved was a large six foot by six foot glass tabletop. The only way to move a piece of glass that big is cradled in your hand, riding on your cheek and going above your head which is totally fine unless the guy on the other end drops his half, in which case I'm still holding my part, no problem. It's just not attached to the top anymore because it fell, cracked, and fell into my neck, kind of like a guillotine. So from here, all the way to there, all the way back down to my spine, severed both jugular veins. I don't know if you knew you had to, but there's an internal and an external. I, uh, I've always been sort of an extremist. So I, I think if you're going to do something, commit. Severed both. Should have bled out in what? 45 seconds? 45 minutes later, I still have audible bleeding. You're bleeding so badly, it can be heard as it's being pumped out of your body. But they don't want to operate on me because if that's sure I'm going to die, they want to wait until my wife comes to sign off before they'll touch me. I woke to be told by the best hospital in the world, hey, we've never seen anybody suffer anything to the extent of what you have, much less survive. You should be grateful to be alive. By the way, you're never going to whisper again, much less speak or sing. Have a nice day. So essentially, I'm being told you're lucky to be alive, but may as well be dead. Because the only way I had to make a living at this point, since I changed course, was with my voice. And now they're assuring me that's never going to happen again. So that was more than a little challenging. Thankfully, again, there's the facts and then there's the truth. The facts are I'll never walk again and I'll be relegated to a stroke home or 
The facts are I'll never whisper again, much less speak or sing. Thankfully, God has allowed me to use that voice that was never going to return to make music, have an album, be a consultant and a speaker on five continents at this point. Not too shabby for somebody who can't whisper, right? And inspire us today. I mean, like, uh, what a monumental story. And, you know, as people are absorbing that story, Jason, it's very powerful. You know, what is that adversity proven to you? I mean, like when you wake up every day, I mean, you've got a beautiful family and you've had a level of success that a lot of people might not even reach in life. Okay. So how have you been able to leverage all of this adversity, all that has happened to put one foot in front of the other? And like, what are the greatest lessons that you've learned through this experience? Well, again, there's a difference between facts and truth, right? Doctors especially love to give you the facts, but that's really just to the best of their knowledge. This is how things normally go as opposed to the truth. So in my case, and I, I recognize that not everybody here is spiritual or believes in God, etc. I understand that, but it informs my story to a pretty significant extent. To me, knowing that the truth is God has created me for something greater than this. There's a scripture that says, I will sing and make music with all my soul. Awake, O harp and lyre, I will awaken the dawn. I will sing of you among the nations, and I will praise you among the peoples. For great is your love, O Lord, higher than the heavens, your faithfulness reaches to the skies, be exalted, so, et cetera, et cetera. But the point being, I knew that this wasn't the end for me. If it were, I'd already be dead. And so remembering that there's a greater path and a greater plan for your life helps you look past what's right in front of you and I think pulls you powerfully into the next season. It gives you not just the reason, but the understanding and at least the next step on the path toward your greater calling. Absolutely. And, you know, so as people are unpacking this and listening to you describe it, are you an opera singer today, Jason? I'm like, what have you done in that path? So how many years ago was this? In 99 is when the car accident happened. Suckered my wife into marrying me in 2000. And then this happened just over a year after that. So in 02 is when the glass accident happened. And there have been countless other miraculous stories, not the least of which is when my six-year-old, 38-pound son, once we moved to Texas, got bitten by a Western Diamondback, 30 vials of antivenom, 15 days at Dell Children's, paralyzed his right foot, et cetera, et cetera. And yet he's walking and running and alive again. So, I mean, And I could go through thing after thing after thing, miracle after miracle. But the main point being here is God is not a respecter of persons. And I'm just not all that good a guy left to my own devices. And so if he'd do this for me, imagine what he'd do for you, because you're probably a much better person than I am. Your listeners are probably better people than I am. And so if he'd do that for me, we have nothing but great things to expect. We just need to walk forward in faith and find how can I serve? So you said, am I still an opera singer? I mean, technically, I've been singing since I was five. Of course, I'm still a singer. It's part of who you are. But is that my career at the moment? No. Again, I've been grateful to coach C-suite clients, to 
be a, a consultant for Fortune 100 companies, speak on five continents, blah, blah, blah. But what I do now is I help people navigate, no matter how little or how much they have, how best to use the assets they have available. And yes, of course, that means financially. But contextually, career-wise, there are so many different resources that were allocated in our life that all need to be brought into best efficient alignment. So in a practical sense, I do that through coaching and primarily through what I call financial missionary work. So I'm a wealth coach and a wealth manager. If you had to minimalize it into a title, but that's why I do it. So your 10-year-old self, I mean, when you come on and yeah. you start this episode, you're talking about I'm 10 years old and I don't want to be poor. And yeah. the irony, right, of how you serve today and the experiences that you've had. And yeah. yet today, you know, it was almost like a thread that was infused in you yeah. to be able to show yourself the way. But then today, the way that you serve you help other people so they don't have to be poor in all that you do. And I know that there's a depth that goes into being a person to coach others through wealth. I mean, there's, there's a lot of things that go into that. But I mean, when you hear that played out and you see that story for you, and it was so strong, it was such conviction. I don't want to be poor. I don't want to have to experience this. And yet today, that literally infuses into how you serve your clients and keeping them from those blind spots. So connect the dots for us. And in, in what I'm saying, you know, like how do you pull those stories together? Maybe you don't. Well, like you said, I think it's sort of the full circle. My wife, I would argue, would say that I, I haven't really progressed past about 10 years old of a maturity anyway. But it has come full circle. I think that has a lot to do with just the pieces that God puts in place in who you are, right? Napoleon Hill, I think, said it where he said, uh, you can have anything you want in life. And we, we love to start sentences and finish them like that's the end of the sentence, right? You can have anything you want. And so many people have that taught and preached to them instead of hearing the rest of the sentence, which is, as long as you help enough other people get what they need, right? Truth. And so my job, yes, I mean, on the surface is I can help you make your portfolio on the efficient frontier. I can use five Nobel Prizes in economics. I can all the blah, blah, blah. Like I've stopped listening to myself at this point. What it comes down to is it's not only my calling, but it's my honor and my duty. And at the end, my pleasure to help other people get what they need. So when did that awareness happen for you? I mean, was there a time that you were on a deathbed, a time that you were in recovery that you said, okay, I get it. Like, this is really what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. Can you give us an example of that, Jason? So many things in life happen if you're open to new opportunities and new possibilities and you just keep walking. I've always been very good or very bad, regardless, <laughs> however you wanna look at it. I've always been very consistent. And just doing the next thing. I've always been more for action than talk. And so I'd rather, I think it was Patton that said, a good plan violently executed today is better than the perfect plan executed tomorrow. So I've always been a go and figure it out as you walk kind of guy. So a lot of things, just when you're in action, you, know, you hear that Jesus take the wheel song, right? Well, taking the wheel on a car that's not moving, 
doesn't make any bit of difference, right? Whereas if you have your foot on the gas, now saying, hey, go ahead and guide me, lead me, take the wheel, that means something. It's actually fairly easy to turn a moving vehicle. So being in action, I accidentally walk into certain things. God put me on paths where my first speaking engagement was in front of millions of people. And that prompted my second speaking engagement, which was in front of the million dollar round table. Now, most people who aren't in the industry, I know you're familiar, Marlo, but that's unusual. The million dollar round table is the top 2% of financial professionals in the world. And my second speaking engagement was in front of just under 10,000 of them live as their main platform speaker, simultaneously translated into 12 languages for 71 countries represented. I didn't even know to look for that job, but they called me because I was in action, right? They saw what was happening in my life and that because of the actions I was taking, there was an impact. So if you keep walking forward, if you just do the next right thing and allow God to guide that next step, it's amazing the things you can find that you didn't even know there were to find. Now, full circle, 10 years after that, because I got back into finance and money, et cetera, walked away disillusioned because I had to find a way to make a living when they said I wouldn't have a voice, right? So I got back into money, which is all I knew, did quite well, walked away from two different aspects of the industry, making lots of money in both, but not believing in the design of the industry. And so I walked away and just became a consultant. And that's when I did the Fortune 100 stuff and ended up speaking for the Million Dollar Roundtable, among others. And what happened was in that meeting, the president of the Million Dollar Roundtable noticed something in me and said, hey, you would be great in financial services. And all I could think was, yeah, I am, no. No, no, no. I'd mentor you. And this is I mean, literally a legend in the industry, 53 years in the industry, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, the president, for God's sake, right? So he offers to mentor me. That's in 2010. It takes five years of us being friends and me blowing him off before I get past my rigid, stubborn Irish view of what I think I know about the industry and realize that because of who he is, I have access to other things which allow me to deliver on a fiduciary level. So when you come around full circle, I'm a member of the Million Dollar Roundtable at this point for several years. So to go from, hey, I'm going to be rich to never mind, I'm an opera singer to, oh, you're never going to whisper. So I guess you better go back to that to no, I'm leaving anyway to because of these meetings that I couldn't have planned for in the first place, come back to it. There's a consistent theme here, Marlo. I'm Irish, so I'm, I'm a little stubborn, but eventually I notice a pattern and I can be humbled into obedience. At the end of the day, I think if you look at your skill set, if you look at your God-given design, and this is something you've done very well, I would argue, and you're brave enough to just do it, even though you can't see where it's going to land. That's how you've been so successful. That's how you're associated with so many good people at such high levels is because you've had the courage to just go do it, right? Absolutely. And I think the experience knowing that <laughs> what's the worst that can happen. I love that mindset of like, you know, so 
just put yourself in the room. What's the worst thing that can happen? And I think there's a brave shift that happens, you know, and a lot of people just never allow themselves that, but you know, you're witness to it. And I think more than anything, we're witnessing a miracle, you know, whether you regard it as that or not, I'm not sure, but from somebody else looking at your life and saying, wow, just taking this advice, taking what you've done, what you've experienced and saying, I'm a witness to it. And that's pretty powerful because then that I think removes the fear of all the other things that we can think about because you're proven. It's like your social proof. We can see it. We we're listening to you. We see you. We, you know, and all of that, I think that just in itself is enough. Yeah. Yeah. To give strength and courage and to inspire somebody else. Yes. I hope at the end of the day, you're enough. Right. But it won't just happen. You have to do stuff. And the bolder and braver you are in those actions, the faster and bigger it can happen for you. No question. No question. And so I think that's a common theme in a lot of your listeners is they've got that vision for, hey, I need, I know I'm built for something bigger than this. And I hope that they're hearing this as an encouragement to whatever you're doing, do it 10 times bigger. So, you know, when you put yourself in the room at the million dollar round table, you know, you're being wooed and being asked and, you know, resisting for over five years, you know, what allowed you to get in the room though? Like for somebody who's listening and say, oh, great, Jason, but you were positioned properly with the right people to do the right things. And I think that is a whole nother level of mindset, but you know, what could you say to somebody and encourage, just put yourself in the room? So I think what I'm hearing is how somebody could look at my life and think, well, yeah, that's nice for you, but that has nothing to do with my life. Is that what you're saying? Yes. So how can this be universally applicable to your audience? Is that a fair restatement? Very fair. And as far as getting in the room, there are a million and one ways that can happen. And it's going to be unique to whatever your circumstance is. The things that aren't unique are the things I'm trying to put focus on. Be brave. Some people call that faith. My favorite book says that faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not yet seen. Some call that fake it until you make it. However you want to look at that, but know that whatever is out there for you to go get it requires you to go get it. Now, as far as being in the room, I think you would be shocked. The people at the top, first of all, know that it is it's thin air up there. There's hardly any competition. If you're at the top, top level, you know all of your competition by name because there's that few that can actually rise or have chosen to rise to that level. All of those people, whatever your industry is, think of those people. And, you know, so you're a speaker, you think of Tony Robbins, you're a golfer, you think of Tiger, right? Tiger Woods. So whatever, and you think those guys are untouchable. I can't possibly get in front of them. You're wrong. You can. And I will bet you anything, if you just take half a second, get to know who they are as an actual person instead of an icon, instead of a a screenshot, right? Right. Learn who they are, find what's important to them, and just find a way to reach out to them, whether or not it's through a gift or a thoughtful note or an email but find a way to get in front of them and show them that you recognize them as a human being and what's important to them. And you will be shocked 
Right. No. And and I think it's such good advice because getting to know you, Jason, you know, one of the things I said, okay, like you've had experience with major media and all these brilliant individuals in life. And I said, okay, I want Brendan Bruchard to be our guest, right? Right next to your advice was like, you know, come at him differently, come at him unique, find out what he likes, send him something and don't just have the normal ask. And so I think, you know, what you're doing is flavoring up, like how we operate and how we think and just to kind of go for it, right? Because what's the worst thing he happens? And go for it from a place of generosity. Yes. Not a quid pro quo, not a, I gave him something. So why didn't he give me something back? Right. Just to show that you actually value them as a human being in a way that they like to be valued. Yeah. Because we're all just people. We all just have a different set of gifts. Some of us just think differently. And I think it's my desire to get people to level up, you know, to get people to believe that they belong in the room. Mm-hmm. that there doesn't have to be a specific circumstance, that they qualify just as much as the next person. And I think that's what you're saying, but put yourself in that space to, yeah. to, to challenge, to challenge yourself. Okay. So I'm going to pivot a little bit here and we're going to kind of come into the close. Cause I know my friend Jason's a beautiful talker and I absolutely love these conversations, but what's your most favorite part of your life right now? I have six children now. My favorite part of my life is when I get to see one of my kids genuinely grow in their lives, to see something they didn't see before, to try something and win or try something and lose, but still think I can win. I'll try it a different way. It's when I get to see my kids growing from something that even if I did it on accident, that I got to show them. It's just so cool to be a part of that. You're a mother. You know exactly what I mean. That moment where you feel like, I'm winning in the game of life because that just happened for him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The richness of family and just understanding the extension because you have brought yourself into this place and you're just a brilliant example to your family and your kids and watching them grow into that phase as well. So, okay. So on a business side, when you think of wealth management, give us a consulting example where you surprise somebody. All right. As long as everybody understands this is not prepared, which is why it probably comes off a little awkwardly, but I make big differences in people's lives just because of the gifts that God's been gracious enough to allow me to use. I have a client who I just set up where they had nothing saved. They made plenty of money, but they just were not very efficient with how they were using the money they were making. And so I've positioned them in a way where they're going to make better part of a quarter of a million dollars every year until they're 95 without paying any taxes. That's a win. And so what she gets to go home to is peace, knowing that she doesn't have to go back to work to make sure that her kids aren't going to go hungry or can still go to the school or they get to keep the house they have. It's just nice to know that she has a design now in place or another client where it's a family business. And so it's personal. And the dad built the structure, built it from nothing. And now it's, you know, over $10 million company and wants to pass it to his son. And I found a way to help them do exactly that, but save 1.8 million doing it. There's any one of these things, it's not the dollar sign attached to it. It's the piece on the other side that the family has by getting information they didn't have before and knowing how to apply it. 
right? Well, and thank you for sharing that with us because money is a conversation of trust, you know, and we're, we're understanding who you are, yeah. the passion that you have, the ability to take your knowledge, you know, because not everybody sits in your seat and understands the way that you do you know, when it comes to, well, so for you, maybe it's easy for them. It's a mountain that has moved. And I think that that's just poignant. And, you know, I love as people are listening to who you are gaining the value that you bring and then having a level of trust with you, Jason, to really understand, no, it's not a sales thing, but we need to speak our success. Right. I think it's powerful because, but done in a way it's not boastful, it's fact. So then it's truth. So in a way that encourages someone else to step into their own better life, right? right. Their own better, greater influence. I mean, you keep saying being in, in the room. I would argue it's more than that. Once you're in the room, walking in your own greatness in that room so that you can actually make a difference, right? Nobody made a difference playing small, weak, or less than the people that they want to help. Right. You have to show them how to get bigger and better for themselves. And at the same time, you accidentally rise with it. Right? About them. Yeah. Okay, so we're coming into the close of this. Yes, and ma'am. I'm just going to throw it out there. What is one question that you hoped I would ask you today in this episode? I don't actually come in with an agenda, actually. I probably should. I coach people to have clear intentions and all of that. But to me, and this may sound trite, but I, I honestly pray before I have meetings for God to guide the conversation. And so I don't go in and did I, I give you any cue questions that, hey, None. you need no. to ask me or make sure you introduce me like this. I didn't do anything. Nope. No. And that's the beauty of getting to know each other. I mean, we both understand the yin yang that we bring and the lift that is so just asked of us, mm. you know, through this conversation as somebody else is listening in. And that's why podcasting is so fun because we don't necessarily have to have the answer or know what direction we're even taking. Yeah. I just know that the end of the episode, people are just powerful listening to it. And that's really what matters. Okay. So we're going to come to the close. How can we add you to our circle of influence? Like where can we find Jason Black? Where can we extend reach to you and um, connect? I don't do this, but I trust Marlo. So my regular webpage, anybody can get to jasonblackconsulting.com. Super simple, easy to put in. Even my business card doesn't have, I'm going to give you my cell phone. So my personal line for somebody who actually wants bigger for their life. 512-898-9522. Again, 512-8989-522. If you want to actually take on some of what we talked about today, if you want to take action instead of taking one more course or learning one more thing first, or do instead of the, hey, I have to prep before I'm allowed to do anything good in my life, If you actually want something bigger for your life, it doesn't have to do with me. Maybe you just want some encouragement. Maybe it's not something I can directly provide, but maybe I know somebody who can. You have permission to call me directly. And that's so beautiful. And I appreciate that. And I validate you 110%. So yeah, I would encourage anybody to reach out because as I've gotten to know you, yeah. And you pushed me out of my boundary of like, (laughs) hey, we're not going to just qualify. We're going to get to know each other here. And I think that's absolutely where we all need to be in business and in life and so powerful. So thank you for being part of this episode. 
And if you um, find this episode inspiring, you can join us over on our Performing Get Paid community Facebook page. That's where we're going to engage and answer any of your questions. So this is Marlo Higgins, your host and Chief Inspirational Officer. Have an awesome rest of your day. Did you enjoy this podcast? If so, subscribe, leave a review, and tell your friends. As your Chief Inspirational Officer, I coach passionate entrepreneurs like you to achieve complete confidence and clarity to reach your one-year goal in 90 days. Learn how you can get more done in less time with my number one proven formula for consistency and clarity. Simply go to go.marlohiggins.com to download. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll catch you next week on 22 Motivational Minutes with Marlo.